Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. All right, let's get into the word. Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Come on, somebody. Is that not some good news? God is coming to dwell with his people. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and they will be and he will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, there shall be no more sorrow nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. If you don't want to shout for nothing else today, shout for that. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. To him who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Watch this. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Skip down to verse 22 couple verses here and then we'll move forward but I saw no temple in it this is the glory of the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to be in the earth but I saw no temple in it this is the new city I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple the city had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it come on the Lamb is its light And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut all the days. There shall be no night there. Wow. The glory of God is so brilliant, there's not even a nighttime in this new city, in this new heaven, in this new earth. But there shall no means enter anything that defiles it or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Father, in the next couple of moments, I just pray that you would anoint me to preach your word. May the seed, which is your word, fall on good soil. May people be provoked to a relationship with you today. Father, it's not about coming to church and just being a good little boy or a good little girl. God, this is about relationship with you. 
Father, if we don't have relationship with you, we'll never see this great city coming from heaven down into the earth where you will dwell and reside with your people forever. God, may we know you and you know us. May we have relationship with the King of glory. May as I preach today, may the people who hear your words make way for the King. Let us make room for you, the King, in our lives. For when we do so, we will dwell with you in the great city, the new Jerusalem. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to even do so. Lord, anoint me to preach your word today. In the name of Jesus and the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So today we're going to be closing out our series, Make Way for the King. And this series has kind of been broken down into two sections. And the first section was what I talked about a second ago in the month of December. We talked about the coming of the King. Amen. We talked about the first coming of Christ. He wrapped himself in flesh, came lowly as a baby in a manger, right? And that was his first arrival. And we've talked about the prophecies that was about the coming king. Amen. We talked about all the prophecies about the king's arrival and how he came and why he came the way that he came. And the second part of this series has been about the second coming of Christ. I had no idea that I was even going in that direction, but the more I studied and the more I kept diving into this, the Lord just kept pointing me into this direction. See, a lot of preachers are scared of the book of Revelation. Oh, I ain't going to get no help in here today. Some preachers just scared of the book of Revelation, and that's sad because the book of Revelation is a glorious book. The book, don't you, believers and Christians, don't be scared of the book of Revelation. Ask God to give you revelation, and he will help you to understand the things that are written because this is the things to come. This is about our future hope and our future glory. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever tired of the pain and the crying and the suffering that we're facing here on the earth? The book of Revelation gives you hope and states that that is going to end like we just read. Amen. So, it's nothing to be scared of. We've discussed the rapture of the church and how Paul talks about the rapture of the church in Thessalonians. And Jesus talks about it as well in Matthew chapter 24. He says, two men will be in a field and then in the blink of an eye, one will be gone and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the millstone and in the blink of an eye, one will be left and, and one will be taken. One will be left and one will be taken. That's called the rapture. You will not find that word in your Bible, the rapture, but it is what we know it to be. Amen. So what is the rapture about? It's about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Anybody remember us talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Everybody wave at me if you remember about the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm just, just getting you to do something while I'm taking a drink of water. But the rapture is where Christ picks up his beautiful bride for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The rapture is where Christ comes to pick up his beautiful bride, which is his beautiful prize. Come on, somebody. Christ is getting ready to receive his reward, 
and what his reward is, is me and you and you and I. Come on, somebody. Like Jesus went to the cross for a purpose. He went to the cross for a reason. He didn't endure all that suffering and all that pain and all that craziness and them murdering him and beating him literally to death and hanging him from a cross for no reason. Come on. He came for me and for you so that we could not only have life in the here and now, but that we could have life and life eternal. Come on. But the marriage supper of the Lamb, he's coming back to pick us up for this big party called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on. I said it's fixing to be a party and a great festival with King Jesus there in heaven. Y'all remember I talked about it where Jesus said, I will not drink of the vine again until I drink with you in heaven. By the way, the Last Supper is a reflection of the marriage supper of the Lamb. But Jesus says, I will not drink of the vine again until I drink of it with you in heaven. By the way, Jesus got that heavenly nectar. Come on. Y'all remember talking about that. You ain't got to drink. Just wait on the heavenly nectar. Come on. Drinking the heavenly nectar is a whole lot better for you when you ain't got your flesh to deal with and you, and you have a new glorified body where there's no sin and, and there's no, no roaring lion going around seeking whom he may devour. Remember we talked about that too, right? Be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So if you're sipping on some nectar here, it's easy for you to get in your flesh. And when you get in your flesh, you become food for the lion that's seeking whom he may devour. Come on. I knew y'all was going to get quiet on me on that one. That's some good teaching, though. Why, why even waste it now? Come on. It's smart to wait till you got a glorified body. It's smart to wait. So it's this big seven-year party in heaven. Remember? A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. In heaven, there is no concept of time because you have entered eternity. Remember, we talked about this. This is why so many people struggle with the concept of God because we, we try to wrap God in time and space. God created time and space, y'all. He lives outside of it. Stop trying to put God in a box and figure him out. His ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts is what the Bible says. Stop trying to figure out God. Look, if you could figure everything out about God, you would be God. There'd be no need for a God, right? So stop trying to figure him out. But there's this big seven-year party in heaven. Amen. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. But also while this is going on in heaven and we are with Christ at the rapture, he shows up on earth, takes us with him to heaven for the seven for the seven year tribulation is taking place on earth. It's a horrible time on the face of the earth. Jesus says, woe to nursing mothers in those days. He goes on to later say that people will be hiding out in caves, begging God to let the rocks fall on them because it will be such a horrible time. The Antichrist is ruling on the earth and people are taking the mark of the beast. And once you take the mark of the beast, there is no coming back from that. There is no salvation for you. The only way out of this horrible time and to get into the kingdom of heaven and get back right with God is to be martyred and to have your head removed. They will chop off your head and then you can come be with us at the party. Nobody thought that was funny, huh? Lighten up, y'all. I know this is heavy. I know it's heavy. 
But on a serious note, that's the only way to get out of it. And the Bible and the scriptures are clear about this when it comes to the mark of the beast. And the Bible is clear about this too, because if we'll flip over here in just a second, we're going to read it. There are people that realize they got left behind at the rapture. They realized, my mama had me scared of the rapture, y'all. Every time I would go in a room and I couldn't find my mama, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I done missed the rapture. Preachers, we need to start talking about the rapture some more because I'm telling you right now, there's going to be people who would recognize what has happened when they... It's something like out of the scene of that Marvel movie. What's the latest one? Endgame, where half the population goes missing, right? This is something... And people say the Bible's boring. Lord, help them. The, 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 The face of the earth, all in a blink of an eye, people will be gone. And they will be in heaven. They have been raptured with Jesus. They go to meet him in the sky. And people are going to be wondering what in the world just happened. But there is going to be some people who might even be in this service today who say, Oh my gosh, I remember that crazy redheaded preacher who was screaming and yelling one day about the rapture. And he was talking about the rapture. And I realized, Oh my goodness, I have been left. And you can get right with God right there in that instant. You can get right with God right there in that instant. And, you, and you'll be martyred if you give up your life for Jesus. But you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. If you do that, you will enter life in the millennial reign, which I'm getting to shortly. Before Christ's return in Revelation 19, which we talked about, there is this powerful scripture in Revelation chapter 18 that we need to pay attention to. And I'm going to get to it here in a little bit closing as well. But in Revelation 18, chapter 18 and verse 23, the Bible says this, The light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of the bridegroom shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by sorcery all the nations were deceived. They can't hear the voice of the bridegroom anymore. They can't hear the voice of the bride because we are gone. That word sorcery right there is the Greek word pharmakia, pharmacy, drugs that deceived all the nation, all the nations of the world by merchants, meaning money makers. Hmm. I've been staying on this topic of the king, so we haven't dove into the Antichrist much. We do need to know stuff about the Antichrist, but the truth of the matter is I believe according to the scriptures that I'm preaching today that if I preach Jesus to you and you have relationship with Jesus, you won't have too many dealings with the Antichrist. You won't be left behind, but you'll be caught up in the air with the saints. You won't have too much running in to do with the Antichrist. And I'll get back to that pharmakia situation in chapter 18 here shortly. So we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb after the rapture. The tribulation is going on here on earth. The Antichrist is ruling and reigning. He is like Satan's son. See, Satan don't never do, doesn't ever do anything original. Come on, somebody. All he can try to do is copy what God does. So what does he do? He creates an Antichrist, anti-Christian, anti Christ. This guy will try to do everything against Jesus. Anything that's in the scriptures, he will rep- that is not in the scriptures, he will represent and try to make it law. So Satan is an original. And after the marriage supper of the Lamb, we return to earth for an incredible time on the face of the earth. 
when we return with the saints of God and an army of angels to defeat the Antichrist and his prophet. Yes, the Antichrist has a prophet. So we're kind of rewinding. I just read from Revelation chapter 21 and I preached from Revelation 19 a couple of weeks ago. So when we, the saints of God, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, we are coming back to the earth with Christ. And we are going to stop the Antichrist and his prophet that's that scripture where we read it, where he, can, he comes in riding a white stallion with crowns on his head. He has a sash across his chest that no man can read. He's got a name on his hip. Come on, somebody, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus got a tattoo for all you religious folk. Come on. So, so Jesus comes back in Revelation chapter 19. He comes with us, and we defeat the Antichrist and his prophet Who are, by the way, performing miracles on the face of the earth? Antichrist. He's trying to deceive the world into the fact that he, trying to deceive the world into believing that he is the Christ. He's the Antichrist. And we defeat the Antichrist and his prophet, and and Satan is thrown into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. The Antichrist and his prophet are thrown into the lake of fire where there will be tormenting. Amen. And then Satan is thrown into a bottomless pit. Let's back up from where we initially read here. So Revelation 20, 1 through 6. Then I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit. If they can get it on the screen, that's great. If not, just follow me here. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid a hold of the devil, the dragon, that serpent of old. Ain't it funny how he starts out as a little serpent in Genesis, but he's a dragon by the time Revelation comes about. Somebody been feeding that joker. Who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Come on, somebody. Isn't that amazing? Satan getting locked up. If you want Satan locked up, just wave your hand at me real quick. Come on. Anybody want Satan locked up? Come on. And I ain't talking about an 1129 sentence. No misdemeanors. He getting locked up. For a thousand years. Come on, he's locked up for a millennium. And we, the saints of God, are here ruling on the earth and we are governing the earth according to my studies and what the scriptures indicate. There will be folks here who have even survived in the tribulation and we are now governing these individuals. According to the scriptures, we will be priests of God and Christ on the face of the earth, ruling and reigning in this. This awesome time of peace that will finally be on the face of the earth, like what was before the garden and in the garden. So I believe Jesus will also be in Jerusalem at this time and there will be peace on the earth. Come on, y'all with me? I know I'm doing a lot of teaching today and not a lot of, a lot of shouting and preaching, but... Is there anybody else in the room who's ready for some peace? Come on. Anybody ready for a new body where there will be no more sickness, disease, and 
suffering. I imagine my body, I'm going to look like the rock. Come on, somebody. I'm going to have me a six-pack. My wife, she's liking what I'm preaching right now. But when you get a new glorified body, there will be no sickness. There will be no disease, right? You will have a new body. It's amazing. It's going to be this incredible time on earth. We're going to have new glorified bodies, and there's even going to be people here who are still mortal beings while we are immortal beings. Wow, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. It's awesome. Like I said earlier, and people try to say the Bible is boring. I don't know what book they're reading. But then watch this. Something happens. Satan is loosed after the thousand years have expired And he goes into the world to deceive the nations again. Are y'all catching what I'm dropping this morning? Because this whole deal of evangelism of let's punch your ticket into heaven, brother, it's got to stop. There's so much more to the Bible. There's so much more to the afterlife than just going to heaven one day, brother, and riding around on white clouds and playing harps with our butts hanging out like you see on all these little angel pictures and That's not heaven, y'all. That's not what's in the Bible, y'all. Right? There's so much more to this. Why would we cheapen the gospel? Why would we cheapen the gospel to just go into another realm one day and we just sing kumbaya and all those? That's not in here. What's in here is that God is trying to be with his people once again. God is wanting to dwell with his creation like he did in the garden. He is wanting to spend time with his people in the cool of the day like he did in the garden. He wants to be with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants you to rule and govern the world with him in the millennial kingdom where there is peace and prosperity and there's no craziness and we ain't dealing with the devil anymore for the short season. God wants you to be there with him. That's his desire. That's why Jesus came, so that you could be with him forever. But something happens here, and Satan is loose when the thousand years end and expires, and he goes out into the world and deceives the nations again. Gog and Magog come to gather and war against Jesus, us, and his people. So in the end of the millennial reign, we gather together. We're with Jesus in the city of Jerusalem and Gog and Magog come against us, God's people. Let's read that. Revelation chapter 27 through 10. Chapter 27 through 10. Now, when the thousand years had expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Again, this is why I believe that we will be immortal beings on the face of the earth. And that Satan will go out and try to deceive immortal beings who are, or mortal beings who are still on the face of the earth that we are governing. So Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle those. Their numbers are like the sea of the sand. That's a lot of people, y'all. They went out. They went up. In the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city, Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. 
The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. Come on. You want to know what my favorite part of this text is and what the scriptures say there? Is that God sends down fire to devour them and stop them and crush them. Come on, somebody. Look, they were out there. We're out there with Jesus. We're getting ready to make war. We got on our armor. We're ready to roll. We're ready to fight. But then God just sends down fire and devours the armies that are coming against God's people. Come on. I came with news for the devil today. And the reason why God devours them with fire and the people of God and Jesus don't even have to fight is because God is getting tired and especially tired at this point of the devil trying to come against his son. Come on, somebody. And he's getting tired of the devil trying to come against God's children and God's people, which is me and which is you when you say yes to Jesus. So I came with news for the devil today because he's always trying to remind us of our past. So why don't we remind him of his future? You keep coming against the children of God, devil, and God is going to rain down judgment and God is going to rain down fire, and our only assignment and our only job is to just show up on the battlefield. All we got to do is stand. All we got to do is show up, and God is getting ready to rain down judgment on the enemy. It's in Revelation chapter 20. But guess what? It can be here for you in the right now as well. Because I'm telling you, God's just speaking something to me. He was speaking something to me earlier this morning. And it's just that sometimes you just need to show up to the battle. Come on. Sometimes you just need to show up to the fight. Sometimes you just need to be willing to fight and show up and let God intervene on your situation. You're dealing with addiction? Just show up to the battle and get ready to fight. And God will rain down judgment on addiction in your life. And it can be erratic from your life and God will rain down fire on that thing you've got uh, the devil coming against your marriage just stand there and fight for your marriage by standing there in the presence of God and stand there with Jesus and watch God rain down fire on that situation and burn up the enemy what is it that you're facing what battlefield is it that God is asking you to just step onto the scene for him to handle the situation. I'm a fighter, y'all. I'm a fighter. I've always been one my whole life. But sometimes you just got to show up. For a fighter, sometimes you just got to put everything to the side and let God do the battling. Let God do the fighting. But guess what? You still got to show up. You still got to show up. What is it that you're facing today? What is it that the... That the armies of hell and the hordes of hell has come against your life. I'm telling you today, God is just asking you to step onto the scene. Stand there with Jesus, hand in hand, shield locked and shield locked, and let God rain down the fire on the situation. Amen? Amen. If you receive that, make a little noise. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, Lord. You know, when you say yes to Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, Jesus, this is the thing. 
Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You don't have to wait until after the millennial kingdom is, 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 is done with and now we're facing the enemy. You don't have to wait to get your victories then. You have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead as Romans 8, 11 says. You have the same Holy Spirit, which is his spirit. And his spirit came to destroy the works of the devil. You don't have to wait till Revelation chapter 20 to change your situation. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. So Satan is thrown in the lake of fire and he's done. Come on. Satan is thrown in the lake of fire, and then he is done with. It's over with. Satan is done. Can anybody make a little noise for that? Like, Satan is done at this point. This is our blessed hope, right, that we will spend an eternity with God. And this, this entity, this, this spirit, this fallen angel that we know as Satan and the devil that has been given power over the, the world and the nations, because we've handed it to him, by the way. He's done. Watch this. Then comes the judgment of the world. Then comes the judgment of the world. I told you a couple of weeks ago, there's going to be two lines at the coming judgment that is to come at the end of the age. You want to be in one. You don't want to be in the other. Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 14. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Those books, then there's the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up their dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up their dead. That's the grave. Who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Heaven is set up like a courtroom, y'all. There are books about your life that are written in heaven. Guess what? Your life is already done in heaven. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me like, what? I told y'all earlier, God lives outside of time and space. Let me back it up and just let me prove. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Your life's already done in God. You're just living it out in time. Your spirit was created by God in heaven before you ever got here. Your spirit is in your body when you were born. That's why a lot of us, our mind and our spirit, our, my, our spirit is trying to get our mind to catch up with what it already knows. Your mind has been infected by the garden. I don't have time to get into all this. This is going back into Get Your Mind Right series. But your mind is infected. Your spirit knows who you really are. And it's trying to get your mind to catch up with who you really are. That's why some of us were sitting there in the crack house and at the, in the liquor store and the bars and all this stuff. And we're thinking, I don't belong here. 
I, I feel out of place here. This isn't right with me, but I can't stop. I don't know why I can't stop, but I can't stop. But it's your spirit trying to get your mind to catch up with what it already knows. Two lines. Come on, I said there's two lines. There's the great white throne judgment, and there's the judgment seat of Christ that we talked about in Thessalonians several weeks ago. The judgment seat of Christ is where your book is open, and you are written in the Lamb's book of life, but you still will give an account for everything that you did as a Christian, and you will be rewarded for such. Amen. Anybody want some rewards? Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. It's all throughout the scriptures that God is creating this city that's coming down that we just talked about. And there will be mansions and there will be houses and there will be glory for all of us. And there will be rewards for all of us. You want to know the great thing about your reward? It's actually a crown. And Jesus is so good and he's so awesome and he's so majestic. And you're just like, oh, man, I don't even need this. Let me just throw it at your feet, Jesus. I just want you. I just want to be with my creator, the one who spoke this world into existence, the one who shaped me and formed me in my mother's womb. God, I don't care about nothing else. I just want to be with you. So wouldn't it be something to not have nothing to throw at his feet? We as believers and Christians, we are rewarded for the things that we do as believers And then there's this great white throne judgment that we read about. It is where the non-believers will stand before Jesus. They will stand before God Almighty and give an answer. After the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ, that's where we pick up our initial text. The beauty of our initial text happens after those two things. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. God at this point, he comes to dwell with his people. And God can come and dwell with his people. Why? Because there's no more sin on the face of the earth. Everything has been wiped clean. There is a new heaven and there is a new earth. And there is a new city called the New Jerusalem where Jesus has been preparing a place for us. Jesus has been building ever since he left. He's a creator. That's what he does. He ain't stopped creating. <laughs> look, if you look at space and all of these things, it's incredible. You know that some scientists, which I don't know how much I can believe from some of the scientists, some of the crazy stuff they come up with, but they say that they believe that the universe is still expanding. It's just expanding and growing. Think about all the planets and the worlds that they have been able to find and see. God's just flexing, y'all, and showing out. Showing out. And if those places were so inhabited, like what they think that they could be, where are they at? How come we haven't found any of them? Come on, y'all. Getting real practical, ain't I? 
Because we are history. We are his story. We are the only things on the face of the earth that were created in his image. We are the only beings in the universe that were created in his image. Now, don't, don't, don't get it wrong. Like, God created other beings all throughout the scriptures as far as his angels. Angels do not look like what y'all think they do. Seraphim angel, you want to know what that means in the Hebrew? Flying serpent with wings. Why do you think people felt like dead men every time an angel showed up? Angels show up, we're going to be like, oh, I knew aliens was real. <laughs> no, it's an angel. God told you about it. I can't go there. Y'all come talk to me about that later. I'll, I'll go there with you, but you got to talk to me in private. I don't feel like reading the emails. <laughs> but it's completely wiped clean. It's completely wiped clean, clean so he can dwell with his people. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. It's just like it was in the garden. It's his original intent. He wipes every tear from our eyes. There is no more death. There's no more sorrow. There's no more pain. The old has gone and passed away. He goes on in verse 7 to say his last warning. And this is something that we better pay attention to. Y'all with me? I'm almost done. This is something that we better pay attention to. He says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the adulterers, and all liars will partake in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. He who overcomes... It's all throughout the scriptures. He, I went over it last week online when we talked about the seven churches and who is it that Jesus is actually coming back for. You can watch that back online. But the Bible says when Jesus is talking to the churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, he says to him who overcometh, to him who overcometh, to him who overcometh, to him who overcometh, to him who overcometh. You want to know what overcometh means? Overcometh means win. To him who wins. God loves a winner, y'all. God loves a winner. So stop listening to the lies of the devil that says you're a loser. You ain't no loser. God's given you his Holy Spirit. He's given you his power. He's shed his blood so that you could have a new way of living and a new way of thinking. God loves a winner, and you are automatically a winner when you have said yes to Jesus. Why? Because you've been given victory over death, hell, sin, and the grave. You've been given victory over your flesh when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You are a winner. Because you're a part of the kingdom of God. Stop listening to that lying devil that says you ain't nothing. You'll never amount to nothing. Can't be nothing. You'll be just like your mom. You'll be just like your dad. You're a loser. You're this. You're that. That's a lie straight from hell. He's the father of lies. And that is not true about you because you're a child of God created in the image of God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody going to get free in here today of that stuff. God loves a winner. He made you one. He's given you the greatest gift of all time, which is his Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. You are a winner in the kingdom of God. And watch this. It's his spirit that allows you to persevere. It's his spirit that will give you courage. Guess what? You're going to need a lot of it to get to this point. I said you're going to need a lot of courage 
to get to this point. Did you notice the list of folks who don't make it to this glorious day that we're reading about? He mentions the unbeliever, the unbeliever, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers. That's that word pharmakia again. It means people who are on dope, people who are using drugs. Adulterers and liars. I know y'all ain't heard none of that before, have you? We all know that if we continue in these behaviors as a way of life, the Bible is clear. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You will by no means enter into this great and this glorious day that we are talking about. I'm not talking about making a mistake. I'm talking about living that way. The blood of Jesus covers your sin if you are in right relationship with Jesus. And don't take what I'm telling you and turn it into greasy grace. Because if you got greasy grace going on and think, I can do whatever I want because Jesus paid for it. Your heart is wicked. Your heart is wrong. And if you are operating in that type of behavior, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. But if you make a mistake, the blood of Jesus and the grace of God are sitting right there cheering you on and lifting you up. The grace of God, when you realize, watch this, this is what real grace is. When you realize the true grace of God and you realize how wicked, how sinful that you have been and the things that you've done and thoughts that come into your mind. And you realize, oh my God, that God created grace and an opportunity for you to have a new way of living and a new way of thinking. Grace says, no, I got to stop living in sin. I've got to stop cussing like that. I got to stop talking like that. I got to stop sleeping around like that. I got to stop using. I I need to stop committing adultery on my wife. I've got to stop living this type of way because God's been too good and he's provided a way out. That's grace. Grace says I can no longer live like this. I've got to get right with God. Watch this, though. We know about all those things. We know about adultery. We know about fornication. We know about abominations of God. We know about murder, sexually immoral things and all those things. Watch this, though. You want to know who's the leader of that ragtag bunch? The cowardly. The first one he names. The cowardly. And I'm going to explain that. Because can I be very frank with us in the body of Christ? We once again are going to have to display courage in the kingdom of God if we won't see this day if we want to see this day the days of passive Christianity are going to have to pass us by no more sitting back and tolerating and tolerating injustice and sin and debauchery look right is right and wrong is wrong It's just that simple. And you're going to have to display courage in the world that we live in today to just say that right is right and wrong is wrong. Look, marriage is still between a man and a woman. Marriage is still between a man and a woman. Yes, Jesus loves you and so do I. But I love you enough to tell you if you don't stop living the way that you're living You're going to end up in eternity separated from this great and glorious day. It don't just stop there. You're going to have to stand up for righteousness in the middle of a wicked and perverse generation like Noah did. You'll just have to, you'll have to stop lying and you'll have to call out the lies. You're going to have to live different 
if you want to make this, this way of living. You're going, if you want to get to this point where I've been talking about in Revelation chapters 21 and 22, you will have to display courage in the earth. We are going to have to stop this passive Christianity and tolerating everything and calling it, well, it's just the love of Jesus. No, we need to start calling things out because if we don't, there's a lost and a dying world around us that needs to hear the truth of the gospel. If you really believe these scriptures and, these, and this word, you'll have to stop the toleration you want to know what Jesus, when he talks about Jezebel, I talked about this last week in the scriptures that we read. You want to know what Jesus is mad about? That you tolerated Jezebel. You tolerated her. Instead of casting, rebuking, removing it, you tolerated it. You didn't call it out. You didn't display courage. You were acting cowardly in the middle of a generation that needed you to stand up and rise for righteousness. That needed you to stand up for the kingdom of God. You want to know what I have found? That most people when it comes to the principles of the kingdom and sin and all this stuff. Most of the problem with them is that they've never had somebody come up to them in love and say. And with tears in their eyes say. My God if you don't stop living the way that you're living. You're going to end up separated from God. What would happen to the world if we displayed some courage and said in love, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're going to end up separated from God for eternity. Where Jesus says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It will be horrific. Horrific. We got to display love, y'all. We got to love people enough to call it out. And just say, look, God paid for that. But you still got to receive them. God paid for that. But you still got to receive them. God paid for that. He paid for that. He paid for that. But you just still need to say yes to him. And if you really say yes to him and say, God, I'm done playing game with you. Woo. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And all that compromise and all that junk can leave you in an instant. Not that you'll be perfect, but you'll have the answer to get and strive for the perfection that obtained you, as Paul says. He says, not that I have obtained it, not that I have received it, but I strive for the per perfection that obtained me. In other words, I'm striving to live a life that looks like Jesus. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I'm striving for a life that looks more like him. I'm striving. I'm striving for a life where I can forgive like him. I'm striving for a life where I can love like him. Where people hung him on a cross and he sat there on that cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I want to live a life like that. But it's going to take courage. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.